0: Greetings in the Master's name. Let's turn to 1 John again, 1 John chapter 1. And talking about fellowship, want to think about that a little more this morning. And, uh, you know, that song... Um, Lead us to God, our final rest, to be with him forever blessed. Lead us to heaven, his bliss, to share fullness of joy forever there. And that is the ultimate in fellowship. But the verse before said, lead us to holiness, the road which we must take to dwell with God. Lead us to Christ, the living way, nor let us from his pasture stray. And so that's the fellowship here, at least the fellowship there. And uh, so let's read here. Um, Maybe we'll read the first seven verses. First John 1, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life is manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This, then, is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Not, uh, not reviewing here much this morning, but just uh, one thought. Um, I had, I, they said, uh, you know, that which we've seen and heard, declare we unto you. And I thought about what the disciples said in Acts uh, 4.20. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And I think that's true of every one of us. We speak the things we've seen and heard. You know, well, actually, we didn't say that much. We didn't say, them. I guess it's just here and going, but sometimes something like this, and we, we repeat, we tell there's about about like on the way home, I think it was last Sunday on the way home, up here at the traffic circle, uh, I was behind, uh, a truck was in front of me. And as he pulled out into the traffic circle, there was a fella coming around there on a bike, and, I mean, he was moving, but he had a right-of-way. And the truck pulled out, and he hit the truck, and, I mean, he went up in the air and landed on the pavement. And pretty soon there were people around, and and then the rescue squad came, and the police came and all that, and he was up and walking around, but they told him he need to go get checked. But, I mean, it was kind of dramatic to see that guy. It just all of a sudden hit that, and boy, I mean, he was airborne. Um, so sometimes we see something like that. You know, we, we tell it, you know, the things we've seen and heard. But, you know, what's our fellowship with God? You know, what are we seeing and hearing there? Is that what we're full of, you know? We, we talk about what we're full of. And uh, so, well, moving on then to verse 5 is where we want to go this morning. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light, and him is no darkness at all. Well, we—that's—I mean, we accept that truth. God is light, and him is no darkness at all. Uh, we we believe that there's no darkness in God. Um, now it says in verse three, what we've seen and heard we're telling you so that you can have fellowship with God. Well, then verse six says, if we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness. It's a contradiction. It's not true. We say we have fellowship with God. God is light, and Him is no darkness. And so if we claim that we're having fellowship with God and we're walking in darkness, it doesn't match up. It's just very plain. So that, that should be that should be rather obvious that if we walk in darkness, we don't have fellowship with God. There's a fallacy here. There's, there's a, well I'll just put it this way it, it, it's a it's a Protestant fallacy separating salvation from behavior separating salvation from behavior see in the Reformation there's there's reactions and reaction to see what's that a law in physics for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction or something and it kind of that way spiritually too um, the reformers they they reacted against the uh, the um, fallacies, the abuses of the Catholic Church or whatever. I mean selling indulgences and all this kind of stuff and you know a heavy emphasis on works And so the reformers and and like Luther he had been in a monastery and he had done all kinds of things to try and find peace Well when he realized that he is peace was through the grace of God. He he really emphasized grace and uh, And so the pendulum swings it kind of like maybe I mentioned this before but uh one time, in doing street ministry in Philadelphia, and uh, some of the people that that you meet, they were they were truly street people. But there was these two fellows walking down the street, and they, they were pretty respectable looking, and uh, they stopped, talked to me, and uh, found out who I was, I guess, and uh, and they said, well, they they're they're from the Lutheran, they're their students at the Lutheran Seminary, and they believe in grace. And so I said, uh, I said, well, we. And this is where scripture, memory comes in handy. The Lord can bring those things to your mind. But I said, we, we, we believe in grace too. The grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So we believe in that kind of grace. And uh, so uh, that's part of grace too. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Luke 6. Uh, Yeah, Luke 6, the last part of the chapter, uh, verse 46, this is a parallel passage to the Sermon on the Mount uh, in Matthew chapter 7. And here Jesus says, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep. And laid the foundation on a rock and when the flood arose the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it for it was founded upon a rock but he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great I uh, haven't heard or read as much about it here in the last number of years but a while back, I don't know, it was a decade or two decades ago, there was this big controversy. Uh, well, I say anyway, I know there was there was writings about it. There was actually a book or two written about it. Um, the the concept of lordship salvation, lordship salvation. In other words, you can't separate Christ being savior from Christ being Lord. And there were there were books written about it. what an error this is to say that that uh, that. Uh, you have to to be saved. You have to call Christ Lord. There were books written saying, "What an error that is!" Well, Jesus makes pretty clear that it's the same thing. Uh, Christ cannot be Savior without being Lord. In other words, uh, it's like the other the other Sunday, uh, Brian led that song, "I Surrender All," and that's part of salvation. I surrender all, and. Uh, So um, Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Uh, Let's turn to James. James uh, speaks to that quite clearly too. James 1. James 1, verse 22. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now, this is King James, but it's not that hard to understand. It says, if you hear the word but don't do it, you're deceiving yourself. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like to man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty that is, that's, that's nice how it's expressed the perfect law he says you look in here and law of liberty that almost sounds like an oxymoron uh, uh, two things that can't be true law and liberty but that's what he calls it the perfect law of liberty you look in here and you see what God you see how he teaches us to live but then Galatians talks about that a lot, too. It talks about liberty. And, and see, once we... Um, okay, it's, it's, it's sometimes said this way. Liberty isn't the privilege to do as I please. It's the power to do as I ought. And this morning, our Sunday school lesson was about power. Kingdom power. And that is power when we have the power to live above sin. And again, that is contrary to Protestant thinking. Now, um, this goes back, but Denny Kenniston that that was sort of instrumental starting charity work, he had been, well, I'll just say it, he he was at um, some sort of Baptist college or seminary or something and he got to teaching this thing of victorious Christian living. That, you know, a Christian can actually live victoriously and they, and they, I think they kicked him out because that was, that was heresy. In other words, that that, uh, that that you're not supposed to, you're supposed to be able to live above sin. And, uh, well, what's it say here, though? Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So, hearing and doing. And then chapter 2, chapter 2, verse 17, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know vain man that faith without works is dead? So, it makes it very clear there that just mental assent is not enough. 1 John 3, 7 says, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he, God, is righteous. And then the next verse says, He that committeth sin is of the devil. Well, that's that's First John. We'll get there eventually, hopefully, in 1 John 3. But, he that committeth sin is of the devil. Again, that's not too hard to understand. Uh, Let's turn back to Luke 11, Uh, verse 27 and 28, pretty plain language here. it came to pass, as he spake these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice. Sometimes women are more expressive than we men. Um, lifted up her voice and said unto him, "Blessed is the womb that bare thee and the paps which thou hast sucked." But he said, "Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it." In other words, she was saying, "Oh, how great it would be to been your mother." And he said, "Well, what's really blessed is those that hear the word of God and keep it." Uh, Matthew 12. starting turn to Matthew 12. Another somewhat similar incident. Uh, and we're talking about fellowship. Talking about fellowship with God. And uh, th- th- this refers to fellowship here. Matthew 12, tw- 46. While he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without desiring to speak with him. Then one said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Fellowship with God, the person who does the will of my Father which is in heaven. They're the ones that have fellowship with God. Jesus said, you're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. I was, somebody had sent me something that I, about fundamentalism that I was reading and looking up some stuff on and uh, they was talking about this uh, Anabaptist Identity Conference I think a year or two ago and I was talking about the speakers there and uh, one of the speakers said this for Anabaptists accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior means I'm going to surrender myself to him while Protestants believe acceptance is enough so there is a difference there is a difference between acceptance and surrender maybe maybe not in true acceptance when we accept Jesus as our Savior and Lord we are surrendering I mean that's a part of the package Um, that's part of the uh, that's part of the that's part of the privilege to to be released from the power of Satan And the temptations he brings. And to be able to live in victory. To experience that liberty in Christ. And that comes through surrender. When we turn everything over to him. And so Jesus said it this way. If any man would come after me. Let him. Deny himself. And take up his cross daily. And follow me. And so back to first john that's basically the end of the message for today if we have fellowship with him we walk when we walk in the light we have fellowship with god and that's a that's a beautiful fellowship to have fellowship with god let's kneel for prayer